When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey podcast merchandise in the official B&G shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Hey Bruins fans, welcome back for episode 117 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. We are recording on February 10th, 2019. This particular episode is in partnership with SeatGiant.com. Please go to SeatGiant.com and use uh, promo code BNGP to save yourself a little bit of money. And this is more than just hockey, folks. You can go on there and go to concerts, any sports events, anything at all you can think of. Please go there, use code BNGP. We would certainly appreciate it. I uh, have to welcome back um, the two loyal co-hosts, uh, of course, to the panel, and that is Court Lalonde and Rob Tomlin. How we doing, guys? Always good. Always. Doing, I love it. Doing great. Spent the day with the fam at the Science Center. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that stuff. Uh, we got a really, really long agenda list to go through today, and I hope we get it all. Uh, we really went through it last week, like like piss and vinegar, but uh, we will do our best to cover every topic that we have on this agenda. So let's just get started with last week's games. Um, finally beat the Washington Capitals. I mean, this is something that I've been very excited for. I think it's been 14 or 15 times. 14 games. 14 games, and they finally did it, and they did it with the, with the shutout. And uh, <laughs> it's just an unbelievable game. Uh, we re- ha- happened to record episode 116 during that, so it was kind of – I'm trying to pay attention to the list of topics that we had to do and watch the, same, the game at the same time. was kind of distracting a little bit, but we made it through. And uh, I was definitely watching the hockey game. I was too. <laughs> but uh, uh, they come out with a one and nothing win, a huge win for Tuka Rask, uh, and, uh, and it propels him to – uh, the best goaltender in Bruins history. We will touch on that later on in the show. But uh, Tuesday night, uh, at long, um, sorry, the New York Islanders came into TD Garden, and which I thought was going to be probably one of the tougher games of the week. Um, and the Bruins walked away with a 3-1 to victory in uh, Patrice Bergeron's 1,000th game. We'll talk about that, too, later on. Uh, and the next night was uh, a little disappointing, but... 
it was a back to back, and I, I I get that the guys might be tired and so on, but they go into um, Madison Square Garden to play the New York Rangers and walk away with a, a point in a four to three shootout loss, and then they have two days off, and then last night, or I'm sorry, yesterday afternoon, uh, the Bruins played the L.A. Kings and and walked away with a five to four overtime win, uh, in a game that was you're up by two and in you know you. These two goal leads, three goal leads, whatever you gotta you gotta keep those and and, and try to uh, play uh, to the best of your benefit while you're ahead and and not give up these terrible odd man Russians that are, are plagiarizing this this season so far in my opinion. But not a bad week overall. I mean, we they scratch points here, they got points there. Uh, thoughts on last week's uh, action, guys? Uh, up and down, really. I mean. Uh, the game that against Washington, I think, was my favorite game of the season so far. Um, having to watch it back after you guys did straight commentary for me on here, um, yeah. But suck it, Rob. <laughs> that game like changed a lot of people's minds about Tukaras this season as well. I think there was a lot of positive stuff which you don't usually see around, um, but. Then the attention turned to Patrice Bergeron with the other games. I mean, it is what it is. I think they've done really well to pick up some points over the last week, which they desperately need. So, good week. <coughs> Sorry, my apologies. I'm just getting over a cold. But, um, no, it, you know, we beat the Caps. It sucks with the Rangers, you know. Halak wasn't the greatest against the Rangers, but then again, neither was the defense. They gave up a lot of stupid, stupid plays. Um, they pinched when they shouldn't have. They played a lot better yesterday. Um, it's just, take the good with the bad. They beat the Islanders and the Caps, two of the toughest teams, but they're losing to teams that, I'm, I hate saying this, but should beat, because I hate saying that because anybody can beat anybody. Uh, didn't Ottawa spank the uh, Winnipeg last night, so... There's a lot of pluses, there's a lot of minuses, but there's more pluses. Like, this team is still in the playoffs. It yep. shouldn't be going home crying, you know. Tuca right now improved with the win yesterday. is 9-0-2 in his last 12 appearances, dating back to December 29th. He's got a 1.83 goals against, a, nine, a, a .938 save percentage, and two shutouts. So they can't win big games and all that Tuca route. That's just got to go. It's over. Conversation's over. Move on to something else. We need scoring depth. Yeah, if you want to hate on anybody, do it on Yaroslav Falak, who everybody thought that was going to come in here and take Tukaras's job. Um, he's, I mean, he's he's been what we I expected at least at, in a backup goaltender, but uh, um, a little bit of uh, a little bit of hype, and uh, and it goes back to him being such a streaky goaltender in in his previous years and his in the NHL career. So, um, you know. The backup role is just so difficult to. I mean, he's getting the games that he needs, but he's just not showing me. He did it in the beginning of the season. He really showed me. I was he, like, wow, he, what a sneaky steal he this Bruin. Yeah, he helped save this team at the beginning of the year. Let's be honest. Yep, absolutely. And, and but now it's just you're seeing more of him. You know, being more relaxed and you know, there's a couple goals that you just oh, you kind of cringe at, but. It yeah, is what it is. Game. He played amazing in the overtime, but yeah. Yeah. he he let in somewhere. I was like, yeesh. Yeah. Was like almost went through. But then again, last game, even they were I know they were saying it. I don't I never heard Tuka say after, but that first goal they scored on Tuka yesterday, I was like, Yeah, you need that one back. Oh, absolutely. You need to make that save. It went between his legs, but you need to make that save. Because he's making so many six saves all game, and then that goes in, you're like, What? How did that just happen? Right. It's confusing. But it is what it is. Like I, Life I'll be of honest. a goaltender. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm. I don't know. I, I'm over the mind, and I know it's be careful what you wish for, but I'm okay with first wild card spot. Yeah, yeah, sure. As long as they make it into the playoffs, I'm fine with any spot. Really, I have faith that they'll make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, the way this team, well, the way Bergeron's playing, <laughs> I don't know. There's just no stopping it. Yeah, okay, the, the so core good. really step up when it's times like these. And that's what exactly what we're seeing now. 
I mean, with the lack of secondary scoring, guys are just the leaders of the team are stepping in and doing what's needed. Well, all that good stuff that Rob just said is going to definitely be needed um, this week coming up because there's four games, um, two at home starting today uh, against the Colorado Avalanche at 3 o'clock. They they haven't beat at home in like forever. No, okay. See, I thought it was they haven't beat them in 10 games, but it's it's on home ice at TD Garden, which it is today, that they haven't. It used to be the Matt Duchesne show. Like every time you play Colorado at home, you Remember that one goal, Matt Deshane? The uh, yep. He had so many breakaways. I think it was offside, and that's why they had they brought the whole rule into play. He was like so offside. What's that again? I can't remember. I just know Matt Deshane used to kill the Bruins. Right, and uh, with the Colorado game happening today, they have uh, the Chicago Blackhawks coming into town on Tuesday night. A game that I will be at again, courtesy of a great listener and club seats. Love it. Uh, and then they have a two-day break, and then they go on another West Coast trip. Uh, I believe the final one of the season when they play the Anaheim Ducks on Friday night, the struggling Anaheim Ducks. That That's an understatement. A little breaking news that uh, that Court mentioned uh, be- uh, before we started recording. Randy Carlisle fired today, correct? Correct. So that would be probably a game that they are going to have some uh, high emotions, but regardless, it's a home game on the road for them. So anything could, anything could happen and inspiration could definitely happen from a coach being fired and a new person coming in. And then to end the week uh, on Saturday night, they match up against the LA Kings um, on the road. So that is game two of the five game road trip. So, and it's in the rest of the month. If you really want to give a, an outlook of what's going on, it's not going to be easy with San Jose, um, Vegas Golden Knights, the St. Louis Blues, San Jose, and Tampa Bay at the very end of the month. So uh, this is definitely a challenge for this team. The points are definitely going to be at a premium, and you know the trade deadline is always looming too, which we'll we'll, we'll definitely talk about. But. Um, Topics that we we had discussed this this week is we're gonna start off with Patrice Bergeron and Saint Patrice. Uh, he played in his thousandth game on Tuesday against the Islanders and had a two goal effort, which was just just fitting for a guy like him and and, and a class act. Um, and and from some other podcasts that I've listened to and that none of the research that I've done on my own, but I give credit to those guys. But they're mentioning that Bergeron is on pace for like a 105 point season yeah and and his best career that that's that amazes me and it amazes me to the fact that he's just continuing to do this at his age but he's well, also yeah he's also getting this done with having been injured in so many not so many seasons but you know in the past couple seasons just seems like he's been out a month here and a month there, but he still continues to get it done point-wise and uh, be a total, if not the highest asset, on the best line in hockey. Oh, yeah, I don't think much gets done without Bergeron. I don't think this team is anywhere near as good as they are without Bergeron. Um, they won their last two wins with because of Bergeron. Yeah, and like we've said many times in the past, the guy puts a team on his back when it's needed. And he'll do anything to help the team. I mean, he played with a punctured lung. Uh, the guy's just insane. It's kind the of guy, good. if if you show a kid how a how a hockey player should play, it's Patrice Bergeron, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Bergeron's just—I don't know. Bergeron just reached 20 goal mark for the 10th time in his career, moving into the tie with Ricky Middleton for second in the most NHL Bruins franchise history. Only Boychuk has registered more 20 goal seasons with the club, which is 16. And his line mate, uh, Marshan, is the 20th with a shorthanded goal, is now the 20th player in NHL history, only active skater to score at least one shorthanded goal in nine consecutive seasons. And I, Bergeron is a talent. I mean, Marshan is a talent in himself, but I. You could, as Marshan said after the game, when they what, they said, "Can you describe him?" He just said, "God," and he chuckled. 
I'm sorry, Court. I don't mean to be a, a jerk like this, but did you say Boychuk or do you mean Busick? Oh, Johnny Busick, sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. You're not being a jerk. I definitely said Boychuk, and I meant Busick. But yeah, even his line mates, well, they split up the line, but uh, his line mates even say Bergeron is what makes this team tick. Now, to me, I, I know I'm a Bruins fan, but if he keeps this up, he's got to be in the heart conversation. Yeah. Not just the Selkie. He's got to be in the heart conversation. Did no one else get weirded out at the fact that um, Thornton calls him by his Cleary. Last name? Cleary. Yeah. yeah he calls the... him Pat Cleary. And then I was like, hang on a minute, what's he on about? And then I remembered that when he was in juniors, he had Bergeron Cleary on his jersey, didn't he? I don't remember that. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah, apparently when he played in juniors, he had Bergeron Cleary. Oh, okay, at the juniors, yeah, Bergeron Cleary. When he played yeah. for the uh, Acadia Bathurst Teton. Yeah. So, like, that yeah. was the only yeah, reason like, like, it right. ticked in my head. Cause Come I was on. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to put my best Quebec accent involved, but apparently my Boston gibberish yeah, did not work out. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, but that... that um... That show for him last night was unreal. Well, just like, even his thousandth game when uh, Pasta gave him that uh, the empty netter, just out of all yeah. respect. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, and the the and the things that he got. I mean, that picture was amazing of of him holding the Stanley Cup, and it's all little tiny pictures that were all collaborated together to make a, just a fantastic photo. Uh, the thousand, the silver thousandth um, game stick was a class act uh, handed handed to him by Cam Neely, um, and it was a, another. It was great to see his family there, and 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 they, they seemed like the kids were having such a blast on, on the jumbotron. So, um, you know, congratulations to Patrice, uh, a class act all around, uh, a guy that really puts his heart on his sleeve. And, uh, you know, he just seemed like he wasn't really thrilled about him being the center of attention when he, he because he's that type of guy that he's all about team and family above himself. So, um, you know, no doubt banner raised and, and Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Um, First ballot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I saw a lot of people saying that he should be mentioned in the same names as like or and esposito and everyone like i think he's better than esposito yeah but esposito is one of them guys who's named a lot when they think about past bruins and, oh yeah bobby Orr is the yeah. best ever to play for the boston bruins and patrice bergeron's now the second best player ever to play for the boston bruins yeah All, and I, it's I, weird I that we're now like we're seeing that now like because you never think oh i'm seeing like when you watch the game you're like oh i'm not seeing a legend in the making but when you actually think about it, the guy is just unreal. Absolutely. I think, I think his efforts outweigh guys like Chara that are on the team that people talk about, like first ballot. And so. and, and a huge shout-out to Patrice, who, who I believe for most of his career, um, which is, I believe, is, geez, 12 years? Is it 13 or something like that? For a majority of that, he has um, bought a suite for Patrice's pals every game and uh, for the less unfortunate children out there that are going through some difficult times. I mean, that's, you know, for them to come in and see a game like that, you know, um, if I'm not mistaken, court didn't last the last time you were in Boston, didn't you happen to go into that suite? No, no. I saw him below when he was with a bunch of the kids. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That's he when had, he had the cast on him. Yeah, and I couldn't say anything when I like saw him, and I'm like, uh, right. I turned to I turned to another reporter friend of ours, and I, I said, "Can I?" He's like, "Yeah, you don't say anything." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> well, that's respected, though. Yeah, because well, they weren't saying anything, but he definitely had a boot cast on, and uh, he he was on crutches, and McAvoy was in the McAvoy was was he in the sling? He was hurt too. Anders Bjork was hurt. They were all there, and I'm like, "Oh, okay. I know what their injuries are now." Right. Uh, moving on to a, a, a player who's recently joined the uh, top line of Bergeron and Marchand has been Danton Heinen, who's who's seemingly 
before the move up to the first line. There was a little bit of, of scoring, um, st- you know, struggles. Two goals in his last five games before he got put on that line. And now that you say that, is 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 this what a player like Danton Heinen needs? Is is the support of a Bergeron and Marchand to get him and excel to the the highest of his level? Uh, when you when you don't see it when he's not on that line, what's the difference between where he is now and where he was then? Um, he, he finds space on that line with Bergeron. I think that's the main difference. Like he's not, he's not the four checker in that situation. He's the guy who stays around the slot, kind of sits back a bit. Whereas when he's been playing on any other line, I think he's expected to go in the corners and do the four checking. I think that's the main difference in in the difference in his game that's actually excelling. Because we know once he gets the puck on his stick, he has the ability to make that pass or make that shot. But I just don't think he's had the chance to do that on other lines like he has on the first line. I I think the thing is when we what do you think you gotta understand about Heinen? He plays the other side of the puck very well. He he doesn't hurt them. So when he's on the ice, he's not a first-line winger by any means. But when he's on the ice, he compliments Marchand and Bergeron because he does those things. He goes in the corner. He gets the pucks out. He gets open space. He finds lanes. He has a habit of missing the net a lot when he shoots. But at the same time, he if you notice in the back checks and such, he's one of the first guys back. Um, he's smart on the defensive side of the puck. And he's able to try and locate Bergeron and Marchand. Very, very rarely do you see him giving away the puck. Um, he does the little things right, and it seems that Butch likes him because a lot of people were losing their minds, I guess, because DeBrus didn't get put up there, and Heinen did. And I, I was like, DeBrus hasn't scored in almost a month. Yeah, he's, I, he's he's struggled out there, and Heinen at least is doing the other things. I I, I understand people keep saying, well, DeBrus tries out there. That's great. I do think it's hilarious when people say they can notice effort. Um, it, it makes absolutely no sense to me. But hey, toots their own. Right. Um, I think they're all trying out there. But I just, I just noticed the little things about what Heinen does. I still think Heinen's a third line winger, but he doesn't hurt these guys. And if we're gonna have pass to move down in the second line, even though it scared the crap out of me last game because that that line just, yes, they did score, but Jesus, they were terrible defensive. Yeah, and, and talking about Heinen, I was listening to the um, the season ticket holder thing today, uh, the the state of the Bruins, which they do for season ticket holders uh, once every year to address, you know, what's going on with the club and what direction they're going to, to the people that ultimately pay the, the highest price to support the uh, the team. And John Sweeney mentioned that sophomore slumps, and, and that seems to be a very high topic right now. Uh, concerning Heinen and DeBrusque and a lot of other uh, uh, players on this Bruins team that have only been in the league two years. So, but he also he mentioned something that was really interesting to me that they don't really consider that a huge downfall in in a player's performance. Um, and also saying that there's things to work on um, because and, and especially when when you're talking about DeBrusque. Uh, Sweeney said today in those in that discussion that he sat down with him last week and just said, you know, where do you have to be? What do you have to do? And um, and he it, something that was very interesting is like Sweeney's mentioned that um, players out there didn't really know what to expect from DeBrusque in his in his rookie season, but now in his second year, they're all doing their homework. They're all watching video. They're all studying on what kind of player he could be at that particular moment, and they're, they're starting to figure out that don't let this guy get space. If you need to double cover him, you need to double cover him. And I believe that a lot of the teams out there that the Bruins have played this season is indicative of what type of year he's having because everybody's got the book on him. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's always like that. If a, if a player's got one way of playing and they're deadly in a certain situation such as Pasternak on the power play uh, on his off wing, teams start to readjust to that kind of thing. 
And if you can't change as a player, that's when you don't really make it in the NHL. We've seen that with guys coming up. We've seen that with, like, Donato struggled when he's only played his way of playing uh, and he couldn't adjust it. That's why he went back down to Providence. Um, and that's why Heinen didn't. Donato yeah. has zero defensive. Yeah. And it's the same with, like, Anders Bjork. He's coming from college being a... He was a stupidly good offensive player in college. Uh, it didn't transition as well to the NHL because guys can read plays faster than at college, and he struggled to change his game. I mean, there's still time for them guys, but the difference is some players can change quickly and decide to play a different way in any situation. Some players have to learn that. And it takes some time. But Heinen's very good at reading the situation and knowing what he's meant to be doing. He can either pinch in or if he sees a player going bad, like it's going to go the other way, he drops back. He's covered for defensemen at times. I mean, like, like Court said, he doesn't hurt the team when he's out on the ice. And I think that's the kind of players that coaches love because you can throw them out there in multiple different situations and it's there's not too much to worry about. Yeah, and he's able to skate with these guys and it's he he by no means is Heinen anywhere close to Bergeron, but he plays the same sort of style. He plays a two-way game. So and if you remember on that one goal, on the McAvoy goal, it was Heinen who kept the puck in. It was Heinen who made the beautiful pass over to Bergeron. Bergeron did the no-look pass because it was Patrice Bergeron to McAvoy to score the goal, but it was Heinen's effort that helped get that scoring chance and get that first goal. DeBrusque is a shoot-first kind of guy. If you notice in the power play, they got him on the power play, but he tries to do that same short side shoot at the side of the net goal all the time. Right. He's got to, DeBrusque needs to move himself off from the net, I think, a bit and try and... Get himself in the slot. He's yeah. got a decent shot. Just oh, absolutely. It. Right near the, uh, the hash marks would be a perfect spot for him. Um, well, speaking of hash marks and perfect spot, um, what about the – well, I hate using this word because it's not really a demotion, but Pasternak on the second line. And I know, Court, you, you mentioned the last game. It was, it was tough to watch, but – is that something that we could see a little bit more moving forward with um, uh, twenty some odd game, twenty seven games to re- to go in the season? Where's Rob? Um, All right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened to him. Um, I don't think so. I think they'll they'll. I think a trade is coming. Um, if it's for a left winger, then sh- sure he stays there. But I. I got this gut feeling that Solaric is the guy that's going to go the other way. He's going to be part of any package that goes the other way. It's just my gut feeling, but I do think they're definitely going to be making a move. I'm hoping, you know, there's the rumors out there. You know, they, they said something on uh, – Kiprio said something on uh, CBC during the, the intermissional hockey game last night. He just – he didn't say Boston's in on Kovalchuk. He just said Boston used to be in on Kovalchuk, so maybe that's a fit. I hope it's not because um, I want nothing to do with that guy. Uh, you know, Bacchus has better Corsi than Kovalchuk does right now. That's saying a lot, but uh, I'm hoping they maybe get somebody out of Ottawa. Those those three guys, any of those three guys, I'd take in a heartbeat. Duchesne, uh, Dezingle. Dezingle's the guy I'd want because I think he would cost less, probably stay in Boston and on a, a team-friendly. It wouldn't be a team-friendly deal, but it would be a, a decent deal. Um, it's It's been said that Duchesne has already made it aware that he wants to stay in Ottawa, so it could be one of those Keith Kachuk situations. Like, if he does get traded, he's going to go right back to Ottawa anyways. So it might not cost the team an arm and a leg. might just be a rental. But I think Stone would be very expensive. But those are the guys. Or Tyler Toffoli. The other guys that are being mentioned towards the Bruins, eh. But those are the type of guys. And if that does happen, then Pasternak gets moved back up. Right. Sorry, I uh, I dropped for a second. Um, Yeah, I, I think, exactly like Court said, I think it's going to be someone packaged in a deal that's 
that we're able to move out because there's guy there's so many guys that could play on the third line on this team that are playing higher up um but it it's one of those years where there's not a clear cut like this guy's definitely moving and this guy's moving there's a lot of teams like fringe playoff teams that might make it might not it's it's hard to tell what's going to happen but like you said, Ryan Zingle is like a perfect type of guy. Can play the wing, can play the center. Yeah, he um, plays both wings. Yeah, and at times he's played the third line center for over over the last few seasons. And he's got twenty goals. Like he can score. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like, the main thing that they need to look at. They need to look at a guy who puts shots on the net on a regular basis and has had some success this season. Now, and if Duchesne is going back to Ottawa, that means Stone and Dzingo won't be. Right. Yeah. Because they only getting one don't three. have enough money. Yeah, and it, it looks like it is Duchesne. Like, the, that's the rumors that are coming out there. And I guess this week it'll be main known. Like, Ottawa's going to let everybody know what's going on. Which is, so we'll see. And I'm sure Elliot Freeman will talk about it next Saturday's game. He'll be like, here's the guys that are moving out of Ottawa. And my guess is it's Stone and Dzingo. Those are the guys that get moved. Do you do you guys happen to think uh, any is there any validity to the the NHL is pretty much waiting on the trade deadline for the movement of a Panarin and Bobrovsky? I mean, once they well, once those guys are pretty much well, one or two of them are both moved. Do you guys think that then and then the dominoes will start falling on more and more and more trades? Well, guys like Panarin and Bobrovsky are the ones that it seems according to all the insiders that a lot of teams are in on. So I'm guessing that a lot of teams have backup plans in case they don't get the person that they wanted. And we saw that with like John Tavares in free agency last season. As soon as it was announced that he was going to the Leafs, other guys started getting signed from everywhere. Um, So it's a possibility that 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 does happen. Someone maybe, maybe even just Panarin going... There's that that elite scoring winger that's out there, and then guys like Hoffman start getting traded, Nyquist, other guys that are not as not as potent a goal scorer, but can get it done. Maybe they start getting sent out. So it, it's just one of them. But there's they could it could turn around and they say right, we're we're going for it. We're not trading those two guys. And then, then like you said, dominoes start falling and everyone starts getting traded. So, yeah. I think regardless whether they trade him or not, I don't think those guys are going back. He just fired his agent. I want nothing to do with Panarin. He's now in the the the, the Simmons Simmons category for me. I want nothing to do with that guy. Yeah. I hope well, a lot of people nothing to do with him. He's yeah. not coming. He's not signing in Boston. The Boston Bruins no. are not on his team. Not on his list. The fact that Boston media and some of them are credible keep writing about this guy. It's like. Just stop writing about him. He's not coming here. Like, him and Bobrovsky have already made it clear that they want to be a package. What, are we going to trade Tukaras now, too? Yeah. I I don't... I can... I'm going to put money on it right now that both of those players are playing for the Florida Panthers next year. That's what I'm thinking, too. Because Florida just made some some significant moves to create some space. Oh, yeah, they're getting huge space they're creating. So... Yeah. And Luongo's... I believe... Hold on, I'll go on there. Is Luongo's contract done this year? I think it is. And they're not going to make it this season, are they? They're not in the playoff picture. Oh, God, no. No, so it would make sense that they do that and say, right, we're out of it. Let's You ship off a guy like Luongo to a team that could make the playoffs and would rather probably win with a guy like Luongo than with a guy who's going to run out at the end of the season. Um, Going back a little bit of the trade talk, um, for me... Uh, the third line center. If they still want to address that via trade, I, I and going back to Ottawa, um, another player that is interesting to me at least uh, because of his just the style that he plays is uh, that I think is Jean Gabriel Pajot. Yeah, and yeah, you said that one correct. So <laughs> so now my Quebec uh, accent comes out, huh? He just ruined it. <laughs> and, um, what, what do you guys think about an addition like that that probably won't cost so much as a, as a person like Duchesne if he be, does become available? Well, the one thing that I absolutely love about Peugeot is 
He does. He does add that cadre factor. I don't know if it was last season or the season before. No one could stop him on the penalty kill. That guy was scoring. I think he scored eight shorthanded goals. Was it? Very much could be. That that guy was absolutely crazy. And he was also a Bruins killer against them in the playoffs. That way. Yeah. Right. And he's got speed to burn. If they're looking for that outlook, out, um, if they're looking for the stretch pass like they have been doing, a guy like that coming in is a key asset. The only problem is you might get fleeced if the team know that that's what you're looking for. So, I mean, if you could get him and uh, Dezingle at the same time, yeah, give up the same package you're going to give up for a Panarin, and you get both of them. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think it even costs that much to get those two guys. Mm. I think it's probably like half of what Panarin they're asking for Panarin. I think Boston giving up what they did for um, Rick Nash last year put themselves in a hole because they showed what they're willing to give up. Yeah, and with him saying that he doesn't want to trade the first round pick, I think that'll make. GMs even more hungrier in trade talks with them because they'll want him to eat his words and they'll want that first round pick because that's what a lot of GMs around are like. They just want to prove that you're wrong on something. So I don't know. It's going to be an exciting month. Yeah, and and not only the month, but the the rest of the season. And looking at the upcoming schedule uh, for the remaining games, there's um there's 12 home games and 15 away games. Any concern with those that number moving forward because <laughs> the, the Bruins technically are not very good on the road when you look at their stats. They're 11 10 and 5, but uh, have a 19 7 and 3 home record. Um it's I mean, just looking at numbers it's like oh geez, I mean when you when you're really trying to get out of that number 1 or 2 wildcard spot and get up in the top three in the Atlantic, um, do the road wo- uh, woes worry any of you guys? No, because the Bruins turn it around so many times. Like when they find a problem, they address it. Um, I mean, we we have the problem right now with the defense, and they've been called out many times. Um, it's one of them things. This is this is what they need to address in free agency, like every aspect of what's going wrong at the moment. Not just like everyone's calling for Panarin when what you could pay for Panarin could sort out probably seventy five percent of the problems that you're dealing with. So why not try and pay for that instead? If that makes any sense at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it makes a little bit of sense. Um, yeah, it, it's just I, I I I always hope for the best. You guys know that, but it's just anybody can be a spoiler, and especially when the divisional games at the most are the most important when it comes to the. And thankfully, most I'm of those. I'm not concerned if you look at the schedule; it's it's packed, it's compact. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Six nights, a lot of four games in six nights. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, it's going to take a toll. It's not going to be an easy, easy feat at all, and, and nothing's going to be given to them. So, uh, it's just something that I look at and I'm like, oh god, that road record. I just wish it was just a little bit better. I feel a little more comfortable. But like Rob said, it, it's just it is what it is because it's up and down. You never know what you're going to get. Um. So, if a trade doesn't happen before the 25th uh, trade deadline, the options. Like uh, we talked about earlier uh, before we recorded um, on the free agent market during the off season after July one, uh, friend of the show, I'm not friend of the show, listen to the show. Jordan Ferraro mentions that we should uh, we should talk about some of the 2019 free agents that could be available to the Bruins. And me personally, for a serious cup run, I believe that we are one forward. I'm sorry, two forwards and one defenseman away from really being that solid team that could basically run over the NHL. Um, with, obviously, the, the supporting cast that we have now. But if you look at it, I mean, I mean, Court, you brought up Joe Pavelski 
and and he plays the center and the right side. Is that a player that could interest you in, in, in next to Krejci? Oh, I I move out Krejci and have him. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's just the way I am. I, he's an upgrade. So you know my rule is it makes the team better. Like if we didn't talk free agency and look at next year, I still think they need to make a trade. If they can get Dzingel and Pajot, they could be a team to reckon with just this year, and that that would be perfect because I don't want to waste Bergeron's year this year because he's playing so well. It's because you look at it. So here's your here's your free agents next year. You got Spezza, Bobrovsky, Mark Stone, Eric Carlson, Jordan Everly, Matt Duchesne, Pavelski, Panarin, um, Jeff Skinner, Mike Smith, Palmanville, Truba, Tyler Myers, just to name a few. There's a lot more here. There's the Kevin Hayes, there's the Joe Thornton's, the Alex Edler. So the defense is not that great. It's available. But you have guys like Matt Duchesne who are unreal. But you got to remember, these guys are going to ask – if Austin Matthews just got $11 million, these guys are going to ask a ton of cash next year. And they're going to want it all up front because the following year is going to be a strike. Yeah. yeah. So Mark Stone, anybody can have aspirations for him, but he's going to ask. Remember, what did he ask for at Arbitrator? He asked like $10 bucks. He's going to ask for it again. Yeah. He's got, what, 23 goals, 31 assists, 54 points right now in 54 games. Point a game. 20 minutes a game. He's going to ask for a ton of cash. Like, if you if you want to address a need at defense, um, I, I would definitely take a look at Tyler Myers. I know he's not the, the sexy, you know, guy out there that's, you know, tearing up the NHL on the blue line, but he's, he's, he's a bigger defenseman that could possibly be that seamless addition if Chara is retained or, or, or walks away to... Uh, Retirement he's a right shot, though. Yeah, he's a right-handed defender. Oh, I just saw that. Damn it! And he's a five-point-five cap hit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's gonna take less. And he asked for more last time he got a contract because, yeah. from what I remember, he's on about four at Buffalo. Had a worse season than when he got his four million and asked for five-point-five. I think it was he was asking for. So, so would it, would would you guys entertain a, a thought? I'm um, going back to like the Bruins, like talking to Winnipeg about Truba. That's another right shot defenseman. Yeah, who's made it clear he'll never play the left side. Right. Yeah. I I just don't think there's any need for a right-handed defenseman at all with this team. Because I mean, who've you got on the roster? You got Carlo and McAvoy. Carlo, McAvoy, Miller. No, no, no. Carlo and McAvoy. Like, the, the, your right side is well, yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. Like, Carlo's Cause... become the best defenseman on this team. McAvoy yeah. is, is getting better every game in the last little bit. He's looked great. He has. Yeah. He's starting to, So if he's starting to pick up now, your right side is set. Because Kevin Miller, is, he's gold. I love him out there. You can't go any wrong. Just don't, don't injuries. Knock on wood. But your right side is set. It's your left. Because John Moore looks terrible. Did McDonough get extended? Yes. Oh. Well, there's one of them that I was He's thinking of. So your lefts next year are terrible. You got Braden Coburn, uh, Jake Gardner. Like, they're terrible. Yeah. Nicholas and Mark, you want a guy that can play. Left. Mark Mathaw. He just gets injured way too much. Yeah. You want a guy who can play top minutes as well, and all of those guys have struggled with top four. But, so. Well, if you brought in a guy like Mark Mathaw, you'd probably get him for, like, chicken scratch because he's been hurt all year. And you could slowly bring back an iron in because he looked good. Yeah, and you could probably get a discount because Cindy Crosby took half his thumb off. Mm-hmm. True. Was that a funny, yeah, fa- was that a funny fail? Three. Yeah, it was a fail. But it's fine. <laughs> he's only averaging 16 minutes a game. He was, he's only played nine games this year until he got hurt. He's 33 years old. He's 33 years old. So he's a lot younger than Chara. Yeah, still. And then you got like Michael Delzato, like who wants anything to do with that guy? Ron Hainsey, guy's thirty-seven. We just had Jara. There's not much on the left side. Yeah. Um, if <laughs> moving on, if the playoffs started today, there are possible matchups. There's four of them that there could be some kind of weird scenario that I heard Bob Beers talk on the uh, the hockey show on the ninety-eight-five podcast. Uh, he mentions that uh, Montreal could be a first-round opponent. Tampa Bay could be a first-round. Toronto could be a first-round. And the yeah, New York Islanders. Tampa Bay, 
Tampa Bay would only be a first round if we got the last wild card. Right. I don't see that happening. I could see the Bruins are either going to finish as of right now, the way Toronto, Montreal, and Boston are all playing because they just seem to be trading points. It's they're, they're jockeying for who gets second, third, and and fourth between those three teams. Tampa's not not getting first. They'd have to uh, fall off a cliff. Right. They just spanked. They literally beat the crap out of Pittsburgh last night. Like not just in the scoreboard, on the ice. But you did a poll recently on Twitter, correct? And mentioned yeah. and and how did that uh, how did that work out? So uh, everybody's picking first wild card. Yeah, Overwhelming. I, I did too. Everybody picked, yeah, I I and and Matt Kalman, friend of the show, uh, wrote to me and said, "Be careful what you wish for." I one hundred percent agree with him. But if the Bruins take first wild card, say they play the Islanders in the first round, it's a better matchup for them. Yeah. Play the Washington, but they only stay in the Metropolitan until the final conference final. They wouldn't go back into the Atlantic at all. Right. They'd play in that whole side. Metropolitan this year is not as strong. Washington Capitals are defending Stanley Cup champs, so they're going to be good, but they're playing terrible right now. Yeah. So I don't know. If the Islanders somehow squeak out that first spot, and the Bruins play the Islanders in the first round, I'd feel a lot more comfortable than having to hit. Because playing Toronto, you're going to war again. Yeah, exactly. Anybody you play in the, it's going to, you, do you see that Montreal-Toronto game last night? It was like war. Yeah. So whoever comes out of that has got to play Tampa the next round. Because I, 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 I don't think Tampa's getting knocked out in the first round. They're no. definitely, I, they're, they're strong. They're really strong. So yeah, if you get first wild card, you play the Metropolitan the whole time. Um, what do you you got thoughts, Rob? Um, I think they'll get first wild card, and like you said, it's easier to play those teams than I think the least want some vengeance from last season. Tampa Bay are gonna roll over a lot of teams up until later on. Um, I'm I'm just hoping we get the easiest first round possible. But then you get, you... and it sounds crazy because. You're saying it's easy, but you don't get a home ice advantage throughout the playoffs. Oh, yeah, but we've had problems at home, so that might be to our advantage. The one thing that makes me nervous uh, is it, it, it puts any first-round matchup, it doesn't matter who it is. It's just, uh, for me, you just you cannot go a full seven games like they did last season beating Toronto and then expect to have any energy in the second round, again, when you match up with a team like, like Tampa Bay, and, and I know the injuries and so on in the back end, Carlo, Krug, those are two very valuable assets on this on this defensive core that we're taking out. So, um, I, I you know, if you can go into there and sweep or, or go 4-2, to two, that's a, a lot better than, you know, 4-1, to one, whatever. And uh, be more prepared with more days of rest in between. Because uh, that seven-game series last season, there was only, I think, two or three days before they had to get back on and start, and, and start their seven-game series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, we need to stop giving away leads. Um, the Bruins right now have blown the lead in 10 out of the last 11 games. Yeah, that's a crazy stat. And they, got, they I'm definitely one thing that they've got to, got to get a grasp on is pinching down so low in any situation and stop the odd man rushes. That That's that's the one thing that's really frustrating to me. Like I said before, it's funny now when we get a penalty, if it's Bergeron or Carlo, I'm like, frig. Yeah. Like the, like the two guys, I'm like, no, 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 no. They can't get penalties. Because you, if you notice, they're not at the same time on the penalty kill because one controls the penalty kill. Yeah. That's a good Because we're good getting point. destroyed on the penalty kill right now. And if you look, look who's getting penalties lately. Bergeron somehow. Carlo somehow. These, the, the reason they're blowing these leads is the power play. They're getting scored. They're getting scored on. Power plays are killing them. Yep. Absolutely. And, and, and again, I, I believe this team uh, is in the lead for the short, giving up shorthanded goals. And that's just got to stop. And you can't do that in the playoffs. No way you're going to last in there. Yeah, you can't. 19th power penalty kill, but second best power play. Right. But you can't have, uh, special teams can't have both ways, you know what I mean? There's always going to be one of them that's going to be stronger than the other, and obviously, I mean, when you look in the past, the Bruins 
in the you know in history have been always a really good penalty killing team not always so good on the power play power play is definitely getting better year by year i think that's got a lot to do with um with joe sacco and uh jay pandolfo um alongside you know coaching with uh with bruce cassidy so it also is pretty nice that you've got a guy like krug and a guy like pasternak on there now yeah absolutely uh Got to talk about Tuka Rask, uh, a great accomplishment, a uh, franchise um, accomplishment. He passed Tiny Thompson um, for his 253rd win, career win, and it came on February 3rd in that shutout win to the Washington Capitals. Um, just, just, I don't know, That that's an amazing feat, um, and I hope that you know, folks that out there that that always uh, they don't believe in him, they don't care for him, and, and flat out hate him. It's just just look at that and just say that's 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 huge for this team uh, moving forward. And he seems to be on track to uh, continue to play. I believe he's got two rem- two more years remaining, maybe a year. I'm not sure. I don't have it in front of me, but two, uh, two years. Hopefully, he continues two, that. Four? Yeah, yeah. Two more years, right? Mm-hmm. So hopefully he continues that and just keeps racking up the wins. Uh, you know, I I honestly don't think that he'll be resigned at, at his age. Uh, I'm not, that's I'm not saying I'm I'm hating on him. I just I just think that this. No this... no no, Mark. He's got 2018, 2019, 2020. So yeah, okay. two more after this. Yeah. So regardless, <laughs> like I I look forward to to him playing uh, in the B sweater until. That day he's not here, so. But it's a great accomplishment for him. Uh, I mean, geez, Tiny Thompson. I mean, he played thirties. Uh, I don't think he played in the forties, but I mean, he had pretty much played every game back then. And the and the schedule well, yeah, they didn't was. Really have a backup goalie? No, they didn't. I mean, you pretty much relied on it uh, on one guy. So um, no, it's good. It's good. It's a good franchise thing, and and I heard that he will be honored sooner or later. Um, sometime soon for his accomplishments, like Bergeron did on his thousandth game. Um, thoughts on T- Rask? Or are you guys good? I think we all know our thoughts on Rask. I know, I know. I just wanted to, to tease you. Yeah, I think just, he's played that, great. that game though was like if you wanted someone to pass someone for the record, that was the game that did it for me. Yeah, like it was a he played out of his skin to get that win. Definitely in good fashion. Like all the monkeys, they're all like, "Okay, it can't be Washington. He's done it. Can't be Montreal. He does it. Can't be Toronto. He does it. <laughs> can't win big games. Does it? <laughs> I hate the word big games. <laughs> yep. Jeez. Every game is a big game. Um, Remember when we missed I, I out on the playoffs the, by like one the, point? I hate the, the people's comments are can't win big games, or this game's a big game, or we're giving away valuable points. Oh, it's just so many cliches. Might as well just say pucks in deep. Yeah, right. Pucks in deep. Pucks, <laughs> in, deep. pucks in deep. We're giving away two points. We're giving away valuable points. Giving away valuable points. Pucks in deep. Have you ever seen the uh, that advert that someone did where it's the guy playing beer league and he comes off and his girlfriend like says, uh, right, how long will you be? And he starts giving an interview. I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I picture every guy that like talks crap about any player on their team. They go into beer league and they're like, "Right, I'm a pro. Come on, pucks in deep, pucks on the net. Come on." Hundred ten percent. Yeah. Gotta gotta you know get. We gotta go out there and play our own game. Yeah. Yeah. Right, we got a couple couple more to get through. Um, sitting Zdeno Char, is it a good idea or a bad idea? Um, moving towards uh, a playoff hopes uh it do is resting him a need to be ready for the playoffs if you mean playing him less minutes good idea if you mean sitting him entirely bad idea yeah i'm gonna go with i'm gonna agree with rob yeah i think if you sit him out that does so many problems to a player compared to taking minutes off him that's understandable. 
And he's not going to take if if they were to approach him, he he's not going to take something like that very lightly either. I, also, I don't, I don't think the coaching staff want him to be sat out any of the games because if they need points right now, you don't throw a defenseman that you really need on the roster like up to the seventh floor. Yeah, so you manage you manage his minutes appropriately. You don't just sit him down. And I yeah. would assume Butch would be like, "It's up to him. It's not up to me." Right. It's not like he's playing bad, people, so I don't know. It's just like the whole camp that says, you know, Krug sucks. Shut up. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say to you people. Just shut up. Char doesn't suck. Krug doesn't suck. Um, speaking of Cassidy, any concerns with him being so vocal in, uh, in press conferences about Sweeney and uh, obtaining assets? I found it no, very. He made a joke. He made a joke. Oh, was it a joke? Yeah, he he made a joke saying he was dreaming of uh, Panarin, like as a joke. Oh, okay, all right. I I I took that way way out of left field. Then yeah, uh, he, he just made a joke. But but his he did call out his his defense, and they did stand up the next game and win. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that the last week, didn't we? Was that the Washington he, game? No, he did that. It was, well, we talked about the Washington game this week, but it was right before the Washington game. Okay, yeah. But, yeah, no, I believe he was just he was just joking around, saying, like, you know, he was dreaming of uh, getting that forward. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I took that I took that the wrong way then. Yeah, because uh, they, were, they were talking about, like, um, you know, would, he was like, yeah, who wouldn't want that? Like, you know what I mean? Who wouldn't want that superstar guy on the, another player? I yeah, remember, remember when... Julian used to say nothing, and then it'd boil over. And then when he left, players were like, "Good." <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen with a guy like Cassidy because he just tells you straight. If there's a problem, there's a problem. It's not like they. He says we need to address this. You address it. Like, I I just think this is how the times are changing, and this is the type of coaching staff you need to let everyone know and not just say it in the room but let everyone know of your intentions also yeah. by the way we talked about char he had 24 minutes last game yeah, <laughs> sick most on the team so but mcavoy second yeah with almost 24 minutes and then and then you got your your bergerons and your uh krugs and your marshan Wow. All right. So um, just a little update. It's not considered breaking news to me, but uh, pre- <laughs> pre-game update for Bruce Cassidy. Yaroslav Falak, Satin Goal. Trent Frederick is back in. David Backus is a healthy scratch. Matt, again. Matt Grizzlick is out again. He will skate tomorrow and could return on Tuesday. So my guess is Heinen played so well that why put Backus back in? Yep. Because that's where you're rotating. Yeah, and if Heinen's not on the top line, you have Bacchus on the third line. Exactly, and you know, I, I the the last topic I really wanted to get to was Frederick. Um, I love showcase. this. Yeah, I love this I think kid. It's a showcase. I really do. I think he's a very solid pro- prospect. He could be showcased. That's all very valid. But what I don't like is him sitting a game. If you're not a regular player on this team. Sitting a game on Saturday, he could have gone down and played versus Bridgeport for the Providence Bruins. I understand that he, he probably needs that view from the ninth floor. You know, it's a, it's a mental boost. And hopefully today against the Colorado Avalanche, I mean, he, he reflects off of what, what happened yesterday and, and steps it up into a, a, and, and plays a little better. I don't think he's a bad, you know, player or anything like that. I just think that... He, I don't know. He's playing five to seven minutes per night when he Good. when 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 yeah. But when he's, he's better than JFK, oh, absolutely. But down in Providence, he's a seventeen, you know, a fifteen to seventeen minute player. Yeah, I but did, that's AHL. I, I I know you love your Providence Bruins, but there's a big difference between the NHL seven minutes in the NHL and seventeen minutes in the AHL are two different things. Oh, I I completely understand that. But when it comes down to a developmental scheme. I just think that those minutes are more valuable in him continuing to learn the game. That's all. I mean, I'm not saying it's a it's a bad that he's getting like so many minutes uh, or less in the NHL. I know the difference. It's just crazy. But I just think if they're if say Shen does come to the Bruins, Frederick's gone. Oh yeah, because he's a hometown boy. 
Yeah, he's going the other way. Right. But that's it for uh, for topics for us this week. Uh, <clears throat> another good show. Uh, huge shout-out to my friend Wendy and uh, daughter uh, Kiana Mello. Uh, listeners of the show way out in Western Canada. So thank you for the support. Appreciate it. Um, thank you for everybody for listening, actually. We, we, we really, really appreciate all the feedback we've been getting and all the listens we've been getting. So uh, follow us on, uh, on Apple's iTunes and please give us a, a rating and uh, um, say some good things or bad things about us. But anyway, gentlemen, great show. Uh, we will talk very soon. Uh, go Bees. Got four games this week. So, and uh, if you happen to be in the Boston area or on the road this week in Anaheim, L.A., uh, check out SeatGiant.com and use promo code BNGP to save yourself a little money while attending these games. So with that, I'm Mark saying goodbye to Court and Rob, and we will talk next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at Black and Gold 277 at Court Lalonde and at Rob40Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.